This is that moment where you like transition and it's like, do we leave this transition? Uh, just real quick, does anybody have just a testimony that they want to share about how great God has been? Going once, going twice. He's just good. That is true. Thank you, so. <laughs> that was, yeah, he was, he has, he is good. <laughs> Get my words together. Well, good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. I have this habit. When I was growing up, my uh, grandmother, she used to say everything three times. I think I've shared this before. She'd wake up in the morning and she'd say, good morning, good morning, good morning. And then if she was, or no, she was just walking into a room. She would say, Hadidusa, Hadidusa, Hadidusa. <laughs> I think it's kind of a blend of Spanish and English, kind of. But everything was three times. Um, let me just look at you guys for a second. There you go. Thank you for that pose, Carrie. <laughs> um, let's, what am, I, am I missing something here? Oh, you know what I'm missing? I totally forgot. Chris. <laughs> Tomorrow marks the day many, 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 many years ago, many years ago, where this great guy was born. <laughs> Man. He was born, he came into the world, yes, a century ago. It's a long time. Yes. I like to say that when I got Chris, he was still very young. So what you see here, it's my product. We potty trained. I showed him how to ride a bike. All of this. Now they, all know, they all know what's wrong with me now. <laughs> no, just kidding. Tomorrow's Chris's birthday. <laughs> yes. Is that how you wanted me to do it? <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Can't run her off today because uh, we're doing this together today. Yeah. I missed it. What's that? Oh, all right. Um, so we're, we're doing things a little bit different today. Um, he's good. You know that. We've... Um, already stated that multiple times. Uh, you know, we've kind of, I'm in the middle of, uh, of a very long study about uh, tithing and offering. Uh, now, it's really important for a community that meets together to have funds, especially in Southeast Texas, because um, we like air conditioning, and it takes money to keep the lights and the gas, I mean, the, um, uh, the air conditioning and the lights and all that stuff on. Um, and, uh, you know, Raquel and I have really just believed in you all as core and as a community. And, uh, we don't, we don't take a salary because we're just believing and investing in what you guys are doing and what core is becoming. Uh, so don't forget about, um, I'm kind of, so don't, don't hit me with the hashtag heresy just yet, but, uh, I'm kind of shying away from the tithe and offering uh, terminology, and because in the New Testament, it's all about sowing and reaping. And so um, God doesn't force anything or anyone. 
And uh, so I, I'm just in this journey right now of, of uh, searching that out and just trying to understand Scripture a little better, New Covenant. And so we just want to encourage everybody to, to give as the Lord leads you to sow. Uh, this is your community. This is your house, right? Uh, we are not core church. You are. We just happen to be driving the boat right now. Um, and um, we believe in what's happening here uh, just profoundly because you guys are just, you're amazing. Uh, and so it's exciting what's going on. Uh, so don't forget, if you need uh, help understanding how to give on the app and all that, uh, you can see Sarah right there. Uh, she's our guru with all that. Uh, and uh, uh, yes, you are. Everybody say, yes, you are. Yes, you are. There you go. Um, and it's just, it's just cool to give that way. If you want to write a check or give cash, the offering plates are right back there. And I promise you, Gregory doesn't take it. He actually brings it and says, hey, here it is. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, there's so much going on around us right now. Amen. Um, we wanted to um, kind of start this morning. Uh, we're going to dismiss the kids in just a minute. But before that, um, um, I need to make something kind of clear and clear up something. Um, uh, we full heartedly believe in, in doing what is right. Amen? Two other people, so maybe we need to change our message today. No. Um, and um, over the past few months, many of you that have been with us for a long period of time, you know the, the change that core, how we became core. You know all about that. And uh, if you don't, there's a pretty cool video that explains, talks about it, five-minute video on our, on our website and uh, YouTube. But um, over the, it's, it's been a, a hard journey and a, and, a, and a fight in a lot of times, in a lot of situations. And this morning, we're actually going to be talking about fighting, uh, not Conor McGregor, sorry. Um, but over the, the transition that has happened to become become core, uh, there were some things that took place, and, and sometimes myself as a leader here standing before you, I have said comments and things that were uh, very negative about, specifically about certain people, even though I didn't name certain people out. Um, if you knew who I was talking about and that kind of thing, then I was very, very wrong for doing that, and I want to just before you all, since I, I believe in if you're man enough to do it in front of everybody, then you're man enough to apologize in front of everybody. Uh, and so I come to you today asking for your forgiveness. And I apologize to you as our family for me opening my mouth in a way that I should not have and saying things uh, that were negative. Uh, our God is not negative. Did you know that? You cannot find a spot in our new covenant where he is negative towards his sons and his daughters. And so I said some things in a certain way that I should not have. Uh, and so I ask you to forgive me and I apologize because the last thing that I want is to be responsible uh, or to even do something like that. Because that's not how our dad is. He's not like that. Uh, he had every opportunity to condemn people and he didn't do it. When he was walking earth down here, he had every opportunity, and in a way, I guess you could say every right from a righteous judgment standpoint, but he never condemned people. And so um, uh, I apologize. I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to be that way. I don't want to lead us into some sort of gossip. And people uh, are not the problem. Did you know that? People are not the problem. And we are the solution. And so I wanted to make sure and get that very clear today. Um, You got anything to add to that? Amen. Ditto. (laughs) Amen. All right. If any, if you have a question about any of that or anything, then by all means, come and talk to me after service, please. But uh, in the meantime here, are we good? Are y'all get everybody good with that? You understand where I'm coming from in my heart? Yes. I just want to make sure that's clear. Um, cool. Where's my kiddos? All right, man. You know, something that I kind of forgot about doing I, and I'm so sorry. Can we have our ladies step out first? There's no junior Holy Spirit. Uh, but I believe he is chivalrous. So uh, there you go, ladies. All right. All right, gentlemen, don't run them over, please. Yeah, we got some good kids, man. And Lydia's doing an amazing job back there uh, teaching them how to hear the Father. Yeah. Amen. Um, well, this morning, um, we got a few things that we're going to kind of clear up and do. Uh, how many of y'all, um, I'm going to set this over here. How many of y'all are like Raquel and I, and you've been in some fights this week? You know, in our old AG ways, we call it, we in the warfare. <laughs> Shundai. Or like my awesome friend Roger would say, shakalaka. Right? Um. There's a few things that we're going to talk about this morning. Um, we're going to be pretty, we always try to be authentic and open with you all. I, I don't, uh, that sounds bad. Sometimes we put up a front. I, <laughs> Just let, okay. No, I, I don't. I don't ever try to do that. I, and, and so sometimes I just, I just think about things after I say them. So I'm sorry. Um, we always strive. <laughs> we strive to be authentic in every aspect that we do. And this week is, uh, is no different than that. Um, and we have been in some warfare. For those of you that are close to Raquel and I, um, you know some of what we've been through. And there's some things that are also happening that we can't actually talk about right now um, that are extremely hard, and they're going to be a fight. We, she mentioned a, a few weeks ago how we were struggling in our relationship with some issues and being authentic with you, and that's gone up and down, and I got marks here to, where she choked me, and, <laughs> and uh, Raquel, Raquel says it really good all the time. She says she loves me, but she doesn't always like me. And that's, that's a, uh, Carrie agrees. So uh, can you please leave? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, you people as core church, for those of y'all visiting with us, um, uh, thank you for joining us. We're by no means um, trying to set you apart. Um, You're along for the ride today, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I don't know where you've been in your life in these past few weeks, but for here at CORE, um, I don't, right off the bat, I don't know of one family in here that has not been fighting, uh, not so much with each other, but just the, the onslaught that is against us and that has come 
Um, even, even just some of you who have barely begun to come, I've been talking and getting texts and stuff and praying with people and we've been in the middle of it, right? Um, at our company, there are multiple families that are in turmoil right now, not because they're out, you know, partying and, and whatever other kind of thing. They're not doing stupid stuff. They're just living life and life is throwing some ugliness at them. Uh, and I will declare today that it is not God throwing ugly, negative circumstances on us. Um, and today, um, we're going to share with you, we're going to share together on some things about, about fighting and what we believe that we're in the middle of right now. And I for, totally forgot to tell Adriana this. Is she gone? Is she? Oh, uh, we're actually, if possible, we're actually going to do some worship at the end if you can. If uh, I don't know, with kiddos and all that. So I forgot to tell her that. Or did you tell her? Yeah. Oh. It's okay. So. <laughs> Surprise. And Raquel will share more about that in a minute. But I, I want to start with saying that there have been many, many battles lately, mainly towards the family attribute that you and I as core are. That's our main, that's our main vein in the kingdom is family. You do family amazing. You, you guys, and I know there's people out today. Uh, we got a few on Zoom joining us. Uh, you people are amazing at family, and, and it's, it's no wonder that that's where he's attacking us the most, and I'll allude to that in a minute. And so, um, I want to I ask you to, if you want to be brave with something, a lot of you raised your hand a while ago. The cameras can't pick you up. They only zoom in up here uh, because Raquel likes center. Uh, no, just kidding. But just look, if you don't mind, if you don't want to, you don't have to. You know we don't do that. But if you've been in a fight, in a battle, spiritually, or in, even just in your family or your family's under attack, would you lift your hand just as a show of acknowledgement and look around the room. Look, we're family here. Look at this. It's all of us, all of us regulars and, and man, it's yeah, even some of our visitors. It's all of us. If in my company, if we did that in our company, it would be over half of the company would raise their hand. And so we want to share some things this morning um, that talk about fighting. And listen, I used to think that, oh, I'm the pastor. I have to know that I have to say the right things and have the right answers. Well, that shows that I don't always do that. I mean, one time I made a Hannibal Lecter reference, man. My goodness. My good friend Craig over here was laughing that day. Don't lose it, Craig. I don't know all the answers. She doesn't know. We have stated from the beginning that we don't know what we're doing. And we're trying to grow into who we're meant to become as family, as core. And so I'm sharing with you today my aspect. She's going to share with her aspect of what we, what we are seeing, what we believe right now, and some things that we don't know how to figure out just yet, but we intend to as family. Amen. So Father, I ask you right now, y'all know you're already here, but I just ask you to bless the hearing and the understanding and the reading of your word. And uh, I pray right now, um, Psalm 91 is so clear about 
the angels that you, ministering angels that you provide to us. And so I ask you now to surround this place with ministering and warring angels to help us understand and also to protect us in this, in case there's anything that would attack right now in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I do believe in spiritual warfare. There is an atmosphere uh, around us, the unseen realm. Uh, the second heaven is uh, as we understand it in the scripture. And uh, there is a, a demonic army that Satan himself, he's, he's the ruler of that kingdom, right? And um, I'll, I'll show you that in a second. But uh, it's a fight that we are in. Um, we have an enemy. Is that true? So um, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 10, and I'm going to, do you need your paper right now? No? Okay. Luke, chapter 10, let me know when you're there. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was, in, uh, I was in martial arts for a lot of years. I, I, I did full contact uh, competitions and traveled around uh, Texas a little bit, and, uh, and I used to love it, man. Um, I used to love to fight and grapple and all that stuff. Loved it. And I still do. My grandkids will testify. Uh, my daughters all know how to fight pretty good because I felt it absolutely necessary to teach them. Uh, my, young, my youngest daughter has choked me out almost uh, a couple of times. Uh, and it's just awesome, man. I love it. It's so cool. Uh, and that I can handle. I, 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 I can handle that, right? Uh, life, my life growing up, there was, I had no choice. Uh, and that's a certain way of life, right? But in the spiritual side of our life, there's some things in there that I don't understand yet. And I'm trying to figure out and I'm trying to learn. And we're going to talk about some of those today because there is a real physical, there is a real spiritual battle that goes on for you and against you. Okay, I want to make sure I'm in the right place. All right. So here in Luke chapter 10, uh, I'm actually going to read, um, um, I need to, re I'm going to read out of the New uh, King James, but I am also going to read some out of the Passion. Uh, let me get there. Um, Luke 10. All right. Oops. Stinking technology. All right. So this is where Jesus is coming and he He's going to send out the 70, right? This is the first example that we have of this kind of detail where he gives us some instruction. And he's given him their mission. And um, he tells them to go out. You know, the harvest is truly great. Labors are few and on and on. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. In, um, in verse 3. Oh, I forgot to switch this. My goodness. We're going to look at verse 3. For the sake of time, I'm going to jump around. Um, so go back and, and read the whole chapter really to get some better context. Um, so in, in, in chapter 10, verse three, uh, Jesus is telling them, he says, listen, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, uh, money bag, sack, nor sandals and greet no one along the road. Um, 
And in the Passion, uh, there's a little bit more of a breakdown. Brian Simmons really takes the, the, the language from a contextual standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. And he really gives us more of the conversation of how it would have really went down according to the Aramaic and the Greek language. Uh, and it's beautiful. I, I love the way he breaks it down. Um, in verse 3, he says, Now off you go. I'm sending you out, even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs, Going into a pack of wolves, you won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone and don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. There, there are some aspects of the Aramaic language that we really don't have a, a good transfer over in the New King James uh, or even the, uh, the New American Standard is, is a little faulty there. Um, and... Um, the passion really gives us this better example. Um, he says, I'm sending you off. First, he says, off you go. Like, you got this, right? Go. Um, he says, I'm sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. Jesus is sending these, these guys out into the world that he knows is difficult. He knows of the issues and the things that would come about. And he knows that, and he is sending them out, knowing that they're still learning, knowing that they're still taking steps, knowing that they're babes, if you would. They've just begun to walk with him, and he's sending them out. And he says, even though you feel as vulnerable as a lamb in the midst of wolves. So here's a couple of key points that I want to point out. He's sending us. He, this is also speaking to us directly, yes? Is this true? Yes. He's sending us out feeling vulnerable, but that is not the reality. You may feel vulnerable, but are you? Is he sending you out as a baby that cannot handle or take care of yourself through him? He doesn't do that. Right now, there's all kinds of other scripture that I can tag in that I I didn't pull that in. Um, the reality is that you are not as vulnerable as a lamb in a pack of wolves. Does that make sense? Are you with me on that? He's okay. See, so we must trust in him, and he says, "Not be distracted his uh, from his purpose." So, from the ones that you encounter, that means to me. What I'm hearing here is when you encounter others, there's an opportunity for distraction. You ever been down to Harris County to get your tags redone? Oh, man, you want, you want James and John to be there and call fire down on these people, man. You go down to the Lee County building on Little York and, and uh, uh, what is that? Um, what is that other road? Student Airline, I don't remember. The Lee County building. Then people, they, they hate you just walking in the door. I mean, they're getting paid to do the job, and they're like, oh, my God. Why do you need your tags done? Why do you have to go to court? Why? I mean, man, they're, they're, it's rough, but it's not the people. But you may walk in there, and that may try to distract you, right? Driving on I-45 in a little bit of rain at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. You might get a little bit when those people do all this and they 
don't know how to drive right in Texas? Y'all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and there's these things that will try to distract us. I remember one time being at a gas station when I was very young in the Lord. I think I was maybe, I think I, I was maybe 20 years old. And this homeless guy comes up and here I was, you know, good church culture that had taught me that I need to evangelize, you know, spit that as you say, evangelize everybody, tell everybody that they're going to hell and, and let's say have Jesus and, you know, and all this stuff. And this guy rides up on a bike and I'm like, hey, sir, I need to tell you about Jesus because if you don't know him, you're going to die and go to hell. You're going to split it wide open. And he gets off his bike, and man, dude, squared up on me. Got in my face. I think I got drunk for a few moments because of just his breath. Uh, and uh, he's standing there, and he's going off. All right, go ahead. Tell me. Go ahead. And he, man, it was just this ugly confrontation. There was a little bit of a distraction. The purpose was to love him, not condemning, and I got distracted from that. Because I wanted to body slam him, but it's okay. <laughs> so reading this again, he says, off you go. I am sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You don't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone and don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. You're going to see in a minute, many of you already know it, our enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, uh, whatever you want to call uh, the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, he has one purpose, one goal, one plan, one drive is to steal, kill, and destroy any and everything at all, period. That's what his goal is. And you and I are walking into this life with a, a, a purpose from our Father to fulfill the destiny and the calling that is on your life. You have a spiritual DNA makeup that is only for you. You know this already if you've been here for a while. Your identity is who you are. It's also your purpose of what you're meant to do. And he simply wants to fight and distract and persuade you to go off of that plan and that purpose. Does that make sense? Okay, so... Now he goes on and he, and he, man, he had this incredible way that he speaks to, to the disciples here, heal the sick and all those who are out there telling them the kingdom of God has come near you. Uh, he tells them again all about the kingdom. Jump down to verse uh, 17 is when they return. Uh, the 70 return. Um, for sake of time, I'm going to read this out of the Passion um, well, no, no, I got to do this. Sorry. Um, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject in your name. This is the new King James. Uh, and he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven and behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you see that? You probably heard that before many times. Probably quoted it. We sing it. Uh, in the Passion, verse 18, uh, Jesus replies, While you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly like uh, from heaven like lightning to the ground. And now, here it is, listen to this. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. Let me pause here for a second because I thought about something I wanted to mention. 
you know, um, we're not a demon hunter church. Um, we just want to see the community around us and the world around us come into the fulfillment of what the Father has for them. And if that means we got to fight some of this stuff along the way, then so be it, right? And normally, we really press into family and identity, but to this morning, we felt the need that we just need to fight. We are at a place because of what's going on in you, in our family, and in us, and our family. It's time to fight. And so we're going to look at these things that describe how to fight, why there's a fight, and what we should do about it. Amen? Is that, is that okay? I was supposed to say that in the beginning. Sorry. Um, so this part right here where it says that uh, not only did, did Jesus say, hey, man, I saw him fall. He, in, in, the, in the Aramaic, there's this, there's this translation on these few words where there is actually an impartation of his authority to you. Now, if you've been in here in any length of time, you know that. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And there's so many other scriptures with that, right? We're going to push into identity now because of what that does for our fight. There is an impartation of the authority of Jesus in you and I so that we can trample over the enemy's kingdom. There is a word here, this word trample or tread. Raquel's going to talk about this for a second. It's uh, Strong's. 3961 in the, in the breakdown, if you want to look that up, it's pateo, uh, and it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it actually, I'll tell you what, let me let you jump in there and do that. Um, I'm about to, man, I'm about to take off on Raquel's stuff, sorry. Um, oh, sorry, I, I jumped in the wrong spot, so I'm going to tell you about that. Um, do, 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 20, where to go? Uh oh, we're on the wrong page, Chris. Um, well, that didn't go as planned. That's all right. Uh, there we go. Let me tell you about this word right here uh, to tread. So it means to trample or to crush with the feet, uh, to advance by setting foot upon, tread upon, to encounter successfully the greatest perils uh, from the machinations. Uh, and persecutions with which Satan would fain uh, or thwart the preaching of the gospel. To tread underfoot, to trample, or uh, <clears throat> to treat with insult and contempt. It means uh, to desecrate from an outrage. Like, this is, this is crazy stuff. This is the authority that he gave you and I to trample over the kingdom of darkness. This is very key. Because he says, even though we read this a lot of time, like, oh, you have power to trample over snakes and scorpions, right? We know the one in Mark, we drink any deadly thing and it will not hurt us. And now we got people that started drinking strychnine and playing with rattlesnakes. But here's the point. When you dig into this, what he's actually saying is that I am imparting, I read it to you, I am imparting my authority to you to trample over the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness is not rattlesnakes. The kingdom of darkness is not just the demonic. It's not just sickness. It's not just those distractions along the way. It's his kingdom. Does that make sense? And my point with this is we've got to be 
um, open and aware to the understanding of our surroundings, to be situationally aware of what is going on around us physically and spiritually. What's going on around you in the atmosphere? If you've been with us any length of time, you know we talk about this stuff. You walk in a store, you're feeling good and great, and all of a sudden you walk in a store and you feel completely angry and there's, you're picking up some other atmosphere or something. There's all that kind of stuff that we've talked about. That's a reality, and it's true. Except the fact is, is that even though you may feel as vulnerable as a lamb in the pack of wolves, you have been imparted with the authority. You have it in you to trample over every aspect of the kingdom of darkness. These fights, these battles, the attacks that we face, we have the right, we have the authority as citizens of the kingdom of God. We have the power and the authority and the right to trample over the kingdom of darkness. Three people agree. No, no, too late. So turn with me to, um, to the book of John. Are you with me so far? Yeah, we're good. We're on the same page. John chapter 10. Um, this is a very familiar passage. Um, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. New King James, a thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come to give you life and, let may, and, and very abundantly. It never says that he can steal, kill, and destroy. It just says that that's his intent. Does that make sense? Think about that for a second. We just heard our Savior, we just read that our Savior said, I've given you all power and authority over all power of the enemy and over his kingdom. Is that right? We just read that with our own eyes. And now he's telling us, listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his intent. He never says that he can do it. Now, this is where I'm trying to study deeper and understand because I know there are so many other scriptures that talk about the fight that we're in. And uh, I mean, Daniel and, the, and the, the prince of Persia, Job being tested. There's, there's, we could go on and on. There's, there's many. Paul himself even talks about, you know, um, how we are to fight. We'll look at that in a minute. What I'm saying is I'm giving you the realities and I'm saying they're not easy. That's, that's my takeaway right now this morning is that here's the truth. Here's what it says. How do we do that? We have, we have victory already, but we still face battles. The war is already won, but we're still having to fight battles. Does that make sense? And what, I'm, what I want to expose today in deeper detail than what we've covered in the past is that the reality is that you and I have all authority and power to trample over that kingdom. And somehow we're still going to be in a situation where we will feel as vulnerable as lambs in a pack of wolves, which is what he told us. 
we will still be in a position in a place where we will feel like, dang, man, what is going on? Because I'm in the presence of my enemies. And Jesus walks up and says, hold on, son, let me make a table for you. I don't know about you, but there's some adrenaline pumps going on in that, I believe. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that Peter just jumped out of the boat and said, oh, yeah, man, it's cool, Jesus. I don't think he did that. I think his heart was pounding out of his chest. He might have been afraid and had fear, but he stepped out in courage, right? And I know that in there's instances and times in our life when we're going through some of this stuff, if it does get to that demonic aspect, which we have faced before, there's sometimes my heart is racing. But I have to remember that what he has said. There's times where Raquel's grip around my neck is tightening and I'm thinking, it's okay, Romans 8.28. <laughs> and she says, yes, boy, I'm going to send you there. <laughs> Praise God. And then she gets, she gets the Holy Ghost shake. Anyway. It never says that he can, only that it is his intent. And this goes back to the, the, the scripture, what Jesus also said in Luke 10 about that he's sending us out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Psalm 23, you all know it very well. Uh, I've quoted it a couple of times here. Um, Psalm 23, for sake of time, I'll just read um, verses 4 and 5. Um, I actually wanted to read that out of the New King James. I want to make sure I get it right because you quote this one wrong. Man, I think Jesus puts a demerit on you. <laughs> Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil so that my cup runs over. Amen? In other words, we're going to be in those kinds of situations. Um, now, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures here. Um, and if you want the list afterwards, um, I'll be glad to give that to you. Um, but turn with me, if you would, uh, to Colossians. And we're going to read this one together. And, um, and then the rest of them, I'm, I'm going to jump around. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2. Let me know when you're there. Uh, Technology's not cooperating. Maybe I need to wind the crank. Shondai? No? Uh, come on, man. Let's try this again. I'm sorry, y'all. Here we go. Colossians 2, all right. <clears throat> Colossians 2, there's so much in, in this whole chapter, and please go back and read it. Um, Jesus made a public spectacle of all of the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. 
And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. He's talking about when he was in the grave for three days. So does this make sense? That Jesus made a public spectacle of all of the powers of darkness? The principalities stripping away from them every weapon and all of their spiritual authority. Do you see? So Jesus knew what he was sending us out to do. And he knew what he was going to accomplish. But he still says you're going to feel as vulnerable as lambs in a pack of wolves. But the reality is that he stripped away every spiritual authority that I can see. <clears throat> He's disarmed. Um, so, oh, that's, that's the thing I needed to mention is in that scripture, in the, in the Greek, actually, when it says that he um, made a public spectacle of the powers, um, the, the phrase right there, um, he moved from, moved from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power. What he's really saying there in the Greek, it's the governments. He disarmed the governments and the authority of the demonic. He disarmed the governmental reign of the kingdom of darkness. So we take into that account and we look at Romans chapter 8, Isaiah 54. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Isaiah 41, Exodus 14. I'm going to read a couple of these to you real quick. Um, Romans chapter 8, there's where he says, um, uh, we're more than conquerors. If God is for us, who can be against us, right? Um, and, and on and on. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 54 and 17 uh, says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is your heritage, right? And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen. Second um, Chronicles um, chapter 20 uh, is one that I, I really, really wanted to get. Uh, this is where Jehoshaphat cries out to the Lord um, when the, they were getting invaded. And in uh, chapter 20 and verse 14, um, he says that then the spirit of the Lord uh, came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Uh, this is the prophet. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and in verse 15, he says, uh, listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem you, uh, and you, O King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Uh, tomorrow, go down against them and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. You will not need to fight. He tells them, position yourself. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not, be, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. 
Position yourselves. He's talking about your identity. Stand in who you are. Stand in the authority that we are. Listen, some of you are new to the Lord and in, in, in the faith and you, you, you've said some things. Man, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what's going on. That's okay. He's got you. Stand in being a son or a daughter of the king and cry out to your father. Man, what do I do? How do I do it? Man, call out. Do not be afraid or dismayed. In the midst of all this junk that we've been going through, sometimes when I break free from her grip, I step back and and I have to say, Lord, what do I do? Help me here to see. And she prays the same thing. Exodus chapter 14. Man, I love this passage. I love it. Um, 14, uh, he says, uh, this is where they're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. You know, home dudes are in the back with all the chariots. You've seen Ten Commandments. They got spikes on the wheels, right? And they're coming out, and they're rolling after them. (laughs) And the pillar disappears, and Moses lifts up, and he says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord today. These Egyptians you see, you will see no more. They start walking across dry land in the middle of the sea, and y'all know the story. And I believe that today is the day that we have to come to a deeper understanding because many of you already know it. You already know about your identity as a son or a daughter, but it's time to elevate that thinking, step into a deeper capacity of who you are and stand on the authority that has been imparted to you by the son of the living God to trample over the kingdom of darkness. That's who we are. That's what we're meant to do. And before I read this last passage uh, Raquel is going to say some things not bad about me. <laughs> Come on, tell us all about it. How do you do that? Well, um, I was remembering when we first got saved, we were always late because, because of me, because I was late all the time. And um, we walked in the church, and we used to have this guy. He was a little, um, he was a little rough, isn't his word. He could have chosen... He, he could have uh, chosen better words when he spoke to you, stronger words. And you want me to be stronger or use the word stronger? Oh, sorry, my bad. Talk louder. Um, so we were walking in the church, and um, I was still very unrefined. I hadn't learned that um, a different way of, you know, fighting or arguing whatnot. So we walk in, and, and it's like, this is the guy, and I'm here, and, and this is Chris. And we walk in, and the guy, he's supposed to be doing parking lot duty. And he snuck in the service, and he was listening, and he wasn't doing his job. So we, <laughs> we walk in, and he looks at us, and he says, where did you park? And Chris goes, well, and I was like, what the heck? Like, I started walking, like, I know you didn't. You know? <laughs> and Chris does this. He goes, well, brother, uh, we parked. And I was like... Dang, I mean, this was like they're having prison worship already. And, I, you know, I had not, I didn't even know that was in the Bible that you weren't supposed to fight that way. Like, it was just crazy. And so, you know, the other day there's, um, we have all this mask. You know, you wear a mask to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. It's, it's up to you. My view when it comes to mask is um, I don't think they do a lot. <laughs> I don't prefer, prefer to wear one. But if it makes somebody uncomfortable, I have no problem putting it on. No, no problem for me. Anyways, I was in uh, HEB. This was a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm on the phone with Chris. I got him on my little, those little thingies in your ear. And there's an older gentleman behind me. And this lady is walking towards me. 
and she's talking to the gentleman, but looking at me, making that ugly eye contact. And she says, thank you, sir. Thank you for wearing a mask today. And she's making eye contact with me. And I just kind of turned because I was on conversation. I was like, no, she didn't. She, she was talking to me. Like she was, she was trying to make a point because I didn't have a mask on. And all, the only thing I could think about is, what am I going to say? What am I going to tell her? And then I thought, dang, I don't want to be on YouTube. I don't want to be on TikTok. <laughs> I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be any of that stuff. So it caught me off guard, and I was struggling to <laughs> remember how to fight this way. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what do I say? What do I say? And just to be honest, I couldn't think of anything good. But every time I'd see that lady in the store, she'd give me that stink eye, you know, that stank eye. And I was like, okay, I just need to avoid her because I'm not, I wasn't getting anything. I was drawing a blank here. And what am I saying all that for? I don't know. I'm saying, just kidding, just kidding. I'm saying all that because, um, you know, that word vulnerable. Oh, man, I don't like to be vulnerable. I feel vulnerable right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. When we started, sorry, I'm just giving you a little bit of background before I go into this. Um, when we started this journey, I was at a place just personally. I was tired of coming to church, you know, singing some songs, and it made me feel good, and I would raise my hand sometimes, sometimes I didn't. Talk about people when they left, you know, regular church stuff. <laughs> well, well, y'all don't know, but you know before. <laughs> um, there was just, like, I had a desire to know God. I wanted those things, but I didn't have the tools to do it. And I was just struggling. I was sick and tired. So I don't think I was playing church. I don't think I was pretending, because I did love God. I do love God. I do believe. Yet I wasn't living that way, and I was just done with it. I was like, look, I'm either going to get this or I'm not. I'm going to go do something else. I don't know. So I was at home, and I was like, okay, what does your word say? Your word says that I am the apple of your eye. Your word says that I'm capable of doing this. Your word says that I have all power and authority. Your word says that I battle not against flesh and blood. Yeah. Okay, those are, that's what your word says. So just pause that for a second. One of my other biggest battles was speaking in tongues. I didn't understand that. I would talk to people, and I was like, how do you do it? And they're like, it's like a light switch. And I'm like, well, I don't have a switch on me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, this, maybe, oh, great. Maybe tongues isn't for me. That's easy. But apparently it's not. It says in the Bible, it's for everybody. All right, so I was looking for a switch. Couldn't find it. It's not there. And, you know, I'd see people speaking in tongues back and forth. And I've come to, well, let me back up. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. Anybody familiar with Kenneth Hagin? Mr. Tongue himself. <laughs> Mr. Tongue speaker himself. I was listening to all this stuff, and I was listening to a testimony that he had, uh, he gave, and he was talking about how, you know, the devil was battling with him and all this, and he's like, devil, um, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to speak in tongues for 30 minutes or something. And he just kind of did this whole thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to do what Kenneth Hagin did. So I'm at my house. I'm going to be there for hours. Nobody's going to be there. It's just me. Nobody hears me. We lived on a farm at the time. I had no neighbors. And I struggled so much to just step into speaking in tongues. And nobody could see me. You wouldn't even know this if I wouldn't be telling you this right now. 
and I struggled so much. I felt so vulnerable because it's not the norm. It's not what I should be doing back, you know, my thought process. So I did it, and I had a major breakthrough. I was like, dang, this stuff works. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I started growing. I started seeing all of this stuff. And just, I know it sounds crazy and like, duh, but the word is true. Yeah. And yeah. you feel vulnerable walking it out. But when you walk it out, man, you're such a mighty warrior on the other side. Yes, come on. You have power. You have authority. You have a voice. You have a mission. You have everything that you need. I don't remember the scripture that Chris was reading where it says, take nothing with you. You don't have to have anything with you. You don't, and I'm not, I'm not bashing the Bible here, but you don't even have to carry the Bible with you because he lives inside of you. And if you know one scripture, that one scripture is good enough. If you know him, that's good enough. He doesn't wait at the door and say, you know what, I'm not going to let you talk to anybody. You don't know any scripture. <laughs> you don't even know John 3.16. Like, no, you're not going to. No, it's the heart motive that you have when you talk to people. It's the love that you give when you're around because of your relationship with him. When we were, we were talking about this, we went to breakfast, which we haven't done in a long time. Um, and we sat there for hours and we went over a lot of this stuff. And I was remembering this message. And it's about worship. Because worship is, worship is our weapon. And before I read this, I just want to say, the struggle is real. <laughs> it's real. And we're good as long as we're not talking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry, sorry. Chris is tapping his foot over here. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're good, but there has been a major struggle, and I'm just being honest with you, right? We're all, we're all married people in here, there's a lot of us. I don't think that he can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> like, his answer is, I'm like, dude, that's not what I said, and then when I go to explain that, then it's something else, and we don't even finish this because we're now we're arguing about what you said and how you said it, and we're like, ah. But we're working on it. <laughs> with that, <laughs> with that part of that struggle is, um, you know, we bought this new building, and our, you know, we're splitting the company of the countertops and the flooring, and all this stuff is happening. <sighs> there has been problem after problem, after problem. And even our operations manager was saying, dude, this has got to be an attack. Like, it's, you would not believe the stuff. Like, my daughter asked us the other day, she's like, did you guys buy a lemon or what? <laughs> We're like, no, we didn't. It's a great building. It's just all of these things are coming up, and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, it's so much stuff. And it's not just this one thing. 
it's if you don't take care of this, then this and this and this happens. And then when this happens, if you don't take care of this, then this and this and this happens. And they all have to be taken care of right now. It's so much stuff. And we got hit um, a week ago, a couple days ago, with a major battle that we thought could possibly come, and it came. And, you know, I don't want to make it out to be like, oh, this big battle, and we're not going to tell you about it. We will share it with you guys. We just have to walk through some stuff first. But when that happened, I was like, all right, I see it. I know what it is now. I got it. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense. It's like, it was one of those things where all these battles were happening, and I was like, is it this? Could it be that? Is it? You know, I was still scratching my head. <laughs> But when this last thing happened, I know what it is. I got, it's an attack. It's an attack on, our, on everything that we're doing. Church, family, everything that God is pushing us through, that he's guiding us through, that he's calling us through, it's an attack. When this, first, when this last thing came out, I was upset. <laughs> I wasn't remembering any Bible things at all. <laughs> My insides were shaking. I was remembering, you know, that different tongue that you speak in the world. I, I even remembered those words. Like, I, was, I didn't skip a beat in my mind. They were, they were coming multiple. I had no, and I didn't even feel vulnerable. <laughs> like, they were there. <laughs> oh, jeez. But... We're here. <laughs> and our weapon is not those words. Those, words. <laughs> those aren't going to help me win this battle. So I was remembering this message here. Um, some of you may remember I shared this. this is, I think this is one of the first things I shared um, in the beginning. When I was trying to step out and do all this God stuff. Oh. And it's about worship. Worship is our weapon. Worship is what we used to battle. Yeah. And I just want to read you these things real quick. I'm going to take a drink because read loud. Yeah, I just put my cap on my water. And then Bill Johnson paused. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Come back, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Worshiping God in spirit involves seeing God with the eyes of our heart. It's adoration and exaltation of someone greater than ourselves. Worshiping God in truth begins with a deep respect or reverence for God, a frame of heart and attitude. Meaning that we're in, when we're in this battle, all of those old words come, but I position my heart to worship God. But I position my mind to worship God. And to be honest with you, it's a constant back and forth. I'm like, no, come back here. <laughs> come back to the good side. Come back to the good side. Because there's a constant pull for the old. So it's set in your heart to worship God. It's constantly bringing it back. And I don't believe that God is sitting here like, you see, you can't even position your heart. I don't believe that's God. 
It's about what you're doing. You're positioning your heart to worship. You're positioning your heart to concentrate on the Lord. Worship is a verb. It's an action. Worship is about encountering God in a personal and transforming way. When I was started on all this journey and, and actually believing what the Bible was saying, <laughs> this, sounds, this may sound very religious, but it's what got me to where I'm at now. I set timers. <laughs> I set timers in my house because I wanted to know that I was at least speaking in tongues for 10 minutes. <laughs> sometimes I'd go longer, sometimes I didn't. I set me a timer to declare scripture in my house. And sometimes my timer went off and I was still going. And sometimes I stopped at 10 minutes. I set timers to pray. I set timers to read. And it was, you know, sometimes when you're at a place and you're like, man, I feel like I've been here for hours and it's two minutes. <laughs> That's what I didn't want. I wanted time in the Lord. And it was my baby steps that got me to where I'm at. Yeah. Am I the ultimate? No. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not the ultimate. <sighs> but we're on a journey. We're still going there. We're still moving there. And worship is what's going to get us there. We were created to worship him. We're mothers, we're fathers, we're teachers, we're lawyers, we're business owners, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, whatever you do, you were created to worship him. And as you live and walk and do in that worship, you become another person. Please hear my heart here. I'm not, I'm not um, being conceited or boastful. That's not my heart. But I noticed there were times where I was spending all this time with the Lord, worshiping, and then I'd be in a conversation, and man, some awesome stuff is coming out of my mouth. Literally, I, these things would come, and I'd look at Chris like, did you, did you hear that? <laughs> did you write that down? <laughs> did you record that? Like, whoa. You become another person. You learn to battle. You learn who you are. You learn your identity. And we were created to worship. All of this stuff, this included in my life. I love this guy. But it's been a struggle. And it's been a struggle not because I don't love him or he doesn't love me. It's been a struggle because we are under attack. We are under attack and it's, guys, we'd be here for hours if I sat here and told you all of the stuff that's just going down. Yeah. And I'm not trying to pour me. It's not that at all. It's been real, and it's easy to fall back and say, oh. but worship. Worship is a, ver a verb. It's an action. Yeah. Worship is about encountering God in a personal and transforming way. And that's what I want us to do today. That's what we want us to do today is to worship God. Whatever the issue is, whatever the concern is, whatever the fear is, is be vulnerable and worship him in that place. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. So good and so true. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. Um, it's 1240. And if you have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss here in a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read... Four scriptures, and we're going to dismiss. And if you have to leave, 
you're more than more than welcome. There's no judgment. There's no anything at all. Um, we're going to ask Adrian if you would come. I don't know, Mark, if you can stay, if you want to jump back up here or not. It's up, totally up to you. Um, and we're going to worship. I don't know if it's going to be 10 minutes or 25 minutes. I don't know yet. And I'm not worried about it. Um, we're going to do battle. And if, if you have to leave, we're going to fight for you. There's no pressure to stay. But we're going to worship and we're going to fight because of, not because of what's going on, but because of who we are. Not because of what's going on, but because of who we are. There was, um, I know that God is in this because on the same day, I had two of my great friends reach out to me on the exact same day, probably about 15 minutes apart from each other, and they live halfway across the country. Matt and Des woke up the other morning and texted Raquel and I, uh, and he actually called me. Uh, he texted us that were, they were praying for us, what's going on. He said, man, he woke up with a massive burden for Raquel and I and for the church. And I just told him a little bit about what was going on. Craig reached out 15 minutes later and says, hey, man, you're on my mind. I don't know what it is, but I'm praying for you right now. And we've talked a little bit in there. And, uh, and then later that day, him and Dub, who's another good friend of ours, they actually got together for us. I didn't say anything, or it's it just the Lord worked all this out within two days. And so I know that God's in it. And so there's a scripture that I've held on to. I don't know. I didn't realize um, until yesterday morning when we were talking. Um, this is the first scripture that I ever memorized. And it is, um, for some reason, it has just, it's been a backbone of mine. Because it talks about who you are. And yesterday the Lord showed me, he says, see, Chris, um, our strong point and one of mine and Raquel's strong points is identity and family. Your own identity, finding and standing on your identity as a son, as a daughter, as a father, a mother, and on and on. And the reason that this stuck out to me 28 years ago was because that's in my DNA of who I am, of how he made me. And so if you want to read it with me, it's in Deuteronomy chapter 7. It's verses 6 through 9. And I am actually going to declare this today. Uh, if you're going to turn there, I'm going to let you get there real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Way back in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. I want to ask you, if you're, if you're able, if you're willing, would you stand um, for this reading? And um, 
I want to ask you to, if you'll follow along, if, if you'll just hear these words today. And I want you to imagine the reality of this. The reality is that this is Father speaking directly to you. This is the God of the universe. This is what he says to you and about you. Please hear it that way. He says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. And he did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were actually the least of all people. But because he loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Therefore, has anybody in here been set free? Yes. Therefore, verse 9 says, because you've been set free, therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. You know what the only commandment is in the new covenant? Is to love. That's it. You don't have to worry about if you're wearing pants or earrings or not. It's about love. And he promises to keep the covenant for a thousand generations to those that love him. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of your son, we're going old school today and declaring it this way. We come to you in his name. We come to you by the power and authority of the cross, the blood that was shed, the power of the new covenant. And we declare today over each and every person in this place who they are as sons and daughters. Everyone watching or listening, we declare who they are, that you are the faithful God who loved us. Even though we were the least, we were the most to you. You loved us, you called us, you designed us, you purposed us, and we declare today that is who we are in you. And now I decree that in the name of Jesus, we will walk out our identity with new purpose, with new understanding, with new direction. We will stand higher. We will walk taller. We will fight stronger. We will stand in who we are in you because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We will stand in the midst of these trials and tribulations because nothing can separate us from the love of God. We will stand. We will fight. Even when we don't know, even when we don't understand, you're still working. You're still moving because you are our God, our Father, our Savior, our Redeemer. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we stand on that promise. We stand on your love. We stand in who you are today because of what you have done, because of what you have said. Father, we know that we will stand in the midst of a pack of wolves and feel completely vulnerable. We understand that fear will stand at the door, but we know that you have said, be courageous and step. 
we do, like you told Jehoshaphat, we take up our position. We take the step into who we are and into who you made us to be as we have clarity and vision and understanding that comes in these trials and these tribulations that we face. Father, we love you because you first loved us. And today, we take a new stand. We step up in our capacity of understanding, in our capacity of understanding our spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the rulers of darkness of this age, which you have completely demolished. Your word, we read it, says that you made a public spectacle of them. You have stripped away the governmental authority of that kingdom. You have placed us in a position of power and authority over that. And the victory is ours because the battle is yours. So, Father, we worship you. We thank you. We love you. Father, I pray for anyone that has to leave, uh, that you, man, bless their socks off as we move. Father, in this world, bless, bless your people, Lord. Let your goodness catch up to us in some of these situations that look unwinnable. We thank you, Father. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. We love you, everyone. If you're here and you need prayer for something specific, we want to pray for you. But uh, what Raquel saw in her mind was us worshiping. Um, and so I don't know what song she's going to do. I don't know. I may jump up here on the guitar in a minute too. I don't know yet. But come worship with us if you're in a battle, if you're in a fight. Let us, let, let's, let's lift up the praise of our Father and let his enemies be scattered. <laughs> Amen? Amen. If you have to leave and those on YouTube, God bless you everyone on Zoom. God bless you. Be safe. We love you. Let's worship. <laughs>